SMQB's episode 52. This is the post-Super Bowl extravaganza where we cover uh, our takeaways from the Super Bowl. Then we dive into which NFL teams are in the best position to crush it next year. Who's going to be where? Who's moving around? What do you really need to build a winner? We also cover the NBA trade deadline a little bit. Some interesting news there. An F1 update on a story that we covered um, a few weeks ago. And then we have, as always, punchable face of the week and a couple good lassos to round it out. Check it out. Leave five stars. Have fun. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. SMQB's episode 52. We are delayed, but back. Gents, we are going with a win-loss record of 251 and 161. ERA, 3.74. 3,093 strikeouts. That's a lot. Gaylord Perry. No. Six-time All-Star. Won the World Series. AL Cy Young. Can I get years for these? AL Cy Young in 2007. ALCS MVP in 2009. That's the World Series year. Um, Two times MLB uh, wins leader. Who was that guy on the Boston Red Sox? Schilling? No. No, not Schilling. Wait, did you say 2009? Did you say 2009? Okay, I know who this is. Pedro. Pedro. No, but it's the other. Is it Pettit? No. It is on the Yankees. Rooster, this is for you. It's 2009. Is the Yankee? He won the Warren Spahn Award three years in a row. Which is oh, CC Sabathia? Yes. CC For the C-C. win. Sabathia. Oh, God. Oh, I ne- you know, I never knew his number. Win. The whole time he was pitching for the Yankees, I never noticed his number. <sighs> he was. He's such a big dude. You just see this big giant pile true. of clothes. He's he a visionary. Who knows what the Warren Spahn Award is? No idea. Probably. What'd you say, Pope? Citizenship. No. It's given to the best left-hander every year. Have you heard him on his podcast? Yes. Holy smokes. That guy can't get through a sentence without an F-bomb. Yeah. He, yes, that is for sure. Sounds like us. That is for sure. I'm a little surprised we didn't go with Eagles Super Bowl victory 52. I'm Uh, surprised we didn't go with that. We did no. not, and um, honestly, the one that is the real, the competitor one who I refused to use, but maybe is probably the greatest 52 of all time, on the field at least, is Ray Ray, Ray um, Lewis. Uh, but I, uh, oh, but wow. Murderers don't get... Um, murderers don't make the pod. <laughs> they don't make the pod. That so wins whatever. the 52. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, mm. anyway, hey... Um, it's the week after the Super Bowl. Everybody here played, paid very close attention to the game, was taking notes, uh, very detailed, <laughs> focused time. I think everyone watched it alone in the cubicle so they could focus. Uh, House, why don't you walk us through some takeaways? You know, I, I think people have read every last punditry about the Super Bowl. 
I'll just say before I kick it over to you guys on your t- takeaways, and maybe this is a hot take, maybe it's an unpopular take, but I think while there are some memorable storylines, individual storylines from the Super Bowl, this will go down as a forgettable team. I do not think that the Rams are going to be in the paragon of Super Bowl teams. I think it was a good individual story about Matt Staff. I think it was a good individual story about Aaron Donald. I think it was a kick-ass halftime show. But you guys, did you see the fucking parade yesterday? There were like 30 people on the streets. They, they don't have a fan base. They were against the 49ers, far the minority crowd when they were home. Like people are talking more about Joe Burrow and the Bengals than they are about the Rams. So I am happy for Matt Staff. He made some incredible passes in that. And after suffering with the Lions, I think that's great. But do you guys really think that the Rams go down as this world beater that we should be afraid of for next year? I mean, people are talking more about LeBron than Stafford. <laughs> oh, the the yeah, but they're they're in the NFC, which is so much easier to get back to you know to the playoffs in than the AFC would be. So if they did it again, if they got to the playoffs and did well, I think they'd be considered a good good team. Well, I think you know Sean McVay is thirty five years old, and this is his second Super Bowl to get his team to, and he won one. I mean yeah. that's that's pretty. I mean, what was it? Right. Was it two or three years ago? How long ago was the three years? Three ago. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you know, that's that's pretty impressive. I don't know. I mean, I think they, now they built the team to win the Super Bowl this year uh, right. with what they gave up to to get certain players. But I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I think it. You've you've been looking at the Rams as a team that could win a Super Bowl for three or four years now, and they did, and they did yeah. win one. But House is it? I mean, if these guys were in any other city, does the fact that they're in L.A., they have no fan base, there's more 49ers fans there than than Rams fans, does that sort of dampen the whole experience? I mean, well, like, I, if, if they were in Green Bay, we might be talking about th- them differently. That's a great point. I mean, it is a great point. Maybe the fans. I feel bad for them, though. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I mean, the fans dilute it. But I'll say this about McFay. I it is unbelievably impressive what he's done. I didn't think he called that great of a game. I think Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald put that team on their backs. Yeah. But there, it wasn't some great play calling. There were actually some bad play calls in that game. But he is a wonderkin. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. The guy had so I mean, much I, pressure on him, though. I think, House, to your point, this is not one of those great Super Bowl teams that we're going to look back on and say, how about the 21 or 22 Rams? Right. Um, they're just not. And and I think if you're an NFC team that had made the playoffs this year or were on the cusp of the playoffs, you take hope in the fact that they're not going to be probably a dynasty. Um, I mean, it's the race is wide open there. There's not a whole lot of space between some of those teams that that uh, got knocked out early in the playoffs or almost made, you know, the championship game and the Rams. It's just not. Bison made a great point, which is I really wonder whether or not this becomes a model for NFL teams to go big or go home, whether it's worth it for one year. You know, the Rams go into next season, $13 million already over the cap. They don't have a first round draft pick for like four or five years, but they got their Jalen Ramsey. They got their Matt Staff. They got their OBJ. They got all the pieces they need that got them 
the Lombardi trophy. So the question is, if it worked that way, are other teams, do you guys think that other teams are going to start going this way when they can? I think it's awfully hard to do. Number one, because and they got lucky. I mean, there were lots of teams that wanted Matthew Stafford. They, you know, that wasn't a sure thing. And, uh, you know, I heard uh, today that you know, if you look at the Rams later round picks, like fourth and below, they actually are pretty well stocked with players that they drafted. They just don't have any first rounders and second rounders on that team. Yeah. So they've they've been lucky all the way around. Their draft picks have worked out. They, you know, who thought OBJ was going to be good again? I didn't. I mean, he had not played well since 2018. And Cooper it, Cup, a couple years ago, was playing like Thielen on the Vikings. He started to look awfully slow and kind of limited. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. he has this breakout year. And Von, it, Von Miller's a free agent now, right? Yeah. 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 It just, it raises so many interesting questions. I mean, like, look at Stafford, you know, Stafford was so clutch for this team all year. How many wasted seasons in Detroit did this yeah. guy have? Like, yeah. like if he had been on a good team, wow. I mean, what could he have done? I mean, that's that's one really intriguing uh, question to look at. He's still um, relatively young, though, if they keep him healthy. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the keep him healthy thing is pretty hard. I mean, I think he's unhealthy as it is, right? I mean, he's had so many injuries mm-hmm. over his career. I just I don't know that there's mm-hmm. anything they can do to keep him healthy. Um, you know, the other interesting question about it is, and, and we were talking about quarter, the quarterbacks in the NFL, like, you know, in the NFC with now that you take Brady out of the picture, Aaron Rodgers is really the only, well, that's a good question, but Aaron Rodgers is really the only like elite quarterback. I mean, I see Russell Wilson up there on, on milk screen, and I'm not sure that he's in the elite category at this point. so. So so you have, you know, you That's can crazy. in in the NFC, you can get to and maybe win a Super Bowl with with a mm-hmm. second tier non elite guy. You look over the AFC where you got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Um, who am I missing? Burrow, Lamar, Burrow, Burrow, of course. <laughs> I don't not Lamar, but the, but those four are really elite. I mean, they're you know. Maybe maybe Burrow's not quite elite yet because he's only had a year and a half of playing, but but you know you kind of expect to see those four guys battling to get to the Super Bowl every year. You don't have four guys in the NFC that you can say are going to be for sure battling every year, right? Yeah, not for now. I mean, we'll talk no, about that later. But, I mean, that's kind of why the NFC is more wide open, right? I I think you guys are kind of nuts about this whole thing. I. Let's go back to the game for the a second. whole thing. Well, the whole I mean, fucking this whole thing. nation of the Rams. You're going to tell us that you watch the no game. No one's going to remember. I, th- that. I think he's about to talk about the last 52 episodes. No, he's going <laughs> He's going to talk about why the Rams are so great because they beat I, the Bucks. He's got to validate the Bucks well, right now. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> That's a good point. Hello, but <laughs> I don't think we're giving this team enough credit. That that and Matt Stafford. That last drive. I mean, think yep. about what they did. Yeah. To all the that, first downs they converted, the, t- the get through the. I mean, obviously they they, had, they had a fourth down on the twenty nine and game over unless they convert that with a little handoff to Cooper Cup. But absolutely right. It was some great, right. I mean, so you know, McVeigh for most of that game. You're right. I mean, he and you. They showed him a few times. He looked literally like a deer in headlights. But he came through on that last drive. Stafford made some unbelievable throws. Cooper Cup, you go went to your go to guy. 
And that's hard to do in a Super Bowl. You know, the game I, on the line. And yeah, so, with OBJ I don't know, I hurt, a ton of credit. With their tight end yeah. hurt. Everyone yeah. knows it's Cooper Cup, and they, you know they it's pulled going it off well, anyway. Yeah, you know, they had to get creative to get to Cooper Cup. That's why my virtual background is the no-look pass at Stafford threaded the needle. That was just insane, but that put him in position to win the game. And, and that I, pass will go down as one of the better passes yes, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, pass yeah. will. That yeah. was and just I, unbelievable. I mean, I haven't seen a, a drive like that since Taylor Heineke took the football <laughs> yeah. team. Oh, my God. There we go. Uh, 21 plays. To beat we got the fucking under on Taylor Heineke today. 20, 21 plays to beat the Bucks, right? Right, Milk? Uh, you remember that. Weren't you here for oh it? Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Well, listen, speaking about Did quarterback Did Jim Mitchell pay you to health, say that? <laughs> speaking of quarterback health, my takeaway from that game is um, – Joe Burrow may not make it to season four Oof. if they don't do something fast for that guy. I mean, he he was sacked something like sixty three times going into the game, and they got him another seven times. Well, those Super Bowl tied the Super Bowl record. They have the tied third the worst record. offensive line when it comes to pass blocking in the league. And I mean, I know the Rams have the best pass rush, but my God, he's going to get killed if they don't if they don't help him soon. I I I think it's a serious problem because he's. He's a gem, you know. I'd hate to see that guy go down. And my other takeaway is that, as you guys have said, Aaron Donald should have been the co-MVP of the game. Um, yeah. You know, I think Raheem Morris called a really good game as defensive uh, coordinator. Your man. I love that guy. Yeah. He he switched up and started doing stunts in the second half. And then all of a sudden, you know, Donald had like he was doubled twenty three times and still managed five pressures and two sacks and had wow. the big fourth fourth and one stuff. Well, the Rams had one sack in the first half and that was at the last possession. That right. was their only sack. Right. Then they had right. six. They made the an adjustment half. and started clearly. Yeah, yeah, started <laughs> calling stunts almost on every passing down. Look, the Bengals defense played really well actually. I mean, they gave up the last drive. I know, but and. You know, you could say there were some controversial penalties. I don't know. I don't think so. But or lack thereof. They, I thought they, I thought they played a great game. It was that offensive line that just absolutely put them, put them in. Let me, let me say, a one big problem with the Bengals defense is the big mouth piece of crap Eli Apple. That guy. <laughs> I'm not talking anymore. I mean, <laughs> that guy. You know. Because they pulled out that game against Kansas City, he started just going off at the mouth, specifically at Tyreek Hill. And what do you get burned for? Three touchdowns, two touchdowns. He they they literally threw at him. And there's oh, yeah. there's the picture behind me. Cooper Cup on Eli Apple, a second touchdown against Eli Apple. He was he was terrible. 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 Not, not even good enough to stay on the Giants. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What do you do about Cooper Cup? I mean, how? Like, you know, the ball's going to him. How? How do you? How, can you just not call a defense? I mean, you double the guy, gets through it. I. I. It's just you knew that ball was going to Cooper Cup. You knew it. And yeah. there's nothing you can do. It, yeah. Even with OBJ out. With OBJ, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It had to go to him. There was nobody else in the game. The tight end. This end's guy. Going. This guy had had a historic year as a wide receiver oh. that may not be matched it was unbelievable and uh I, he still is a young guy 
I mean, he's got a lot, a lot of tread left How in that tire. I, I think he's year four or five. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, anyway, you know, in his first couple of years with when Wood was healthy, he he didn't get a lot of looks. I mean, he's not, right. You're, you're right. He does have a lot of tread on the tire. Yeah. So, you know, this Super Bowl is another uh, example for you GMs out there and building a Super Bowl team. Who was a leading rusher in this game? Cam Akers. Cam Akers. How much did he make this year? Not very much. League minimum? $1.17 million. Barely a over a million. And that's a lot for, for a running back in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I dove leading my stats. Yeah. I dove into the last uh now he's been hurt a lot, by the way. Well, can anybody tell me who the highest paid leading rusher in the last 10 Super Bowls is? Mm, That's a good question. Mm. Highest paid? That'd be one that'd be one Percy Harvin. Oh Oh, my god. In 2013 for the Seahawks at a two point five million dollar contract. Not really a running back. How, how many GMs are out there sitting on big time running back contracts, <clears throat> Jerry? Jones. Not many. <laughs> no. Not not Thinking many. That, that is the ticket to the Super Bowl. Well, Pope, oh, I, I oh, hold I, up. I got a call coming in from Paul Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Pope, I I don't want to like. I mean, I don't want to bury the Cowboys. Sure, I do, but. You know, really, not many people pay a lot of money for running backs anymore. I mean, that that you you guys are kind of the only morons out there who have done that in a while. Well, they most, pay more than two million dollars. Well, most teams. I mean, other than you know, when you have a unique uh, guy like uh, like uh, King Henry, um, yeah. but Sa- you know, Saquon, Saquon, well, Sa- Saquon, drafted at number sure. two. Sure, but but there's not a lot of running backs that get drafted high or get big contracts. There's only a handful who get them. And and you're right that it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. The bank for the buck sure doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, so I mean, it's a good point, but I just don't think there's a lot of teams that are spending a ton of money on that position right now. But that's not that's not the the key to getting you to a Super Bowl is having an elite running back. I mean, you might be able to get there, but obviously with the wins, uh, the, the elite running backs aren't winning the Super Bowl anymore. It's the elite quarterbacks. That's where the, that's where the action is. I mean, Stafford three times, he led them in the fourth quarter uh, when they were down in clutch time. Okay. Well, that was the uh, master of the obvious segment brought to you by. (laughs) (laughs) What other, any other takeaways? Let's move on. Any other takeaways? (laughs) Enjoyable Super Bowl. It was was fun for all of us to be together. I had a hell of a time. uh, Hopefully I'll watch the replay soon. The halftime show was exceptional in fact i will find the halftime show on youtube and watch it again because yeah, it was need, fun I'm, i'll find it and watch it for the first time I'm looking <laughs> yes <to> it. <laughs> you were in the bushes <laughs> I, i'm gonna watch it on telemundo again i think i can understand right. it better tonight. Yeah. that's so funny <laughs> so uh oh yeah i guess that's the super bowl which leads us into the off season right milk yeah, here we go, right? This is the <laughs> crystal ball time. Um, free agency starts March 14th or 17th. It's one of those two. So we have about a month. But, you know, you you brought it up, House, um, earlier. You were talking about, hey, is this the winning formula now? And I, 
I've been thinking about this and I think, I think it is, you've now seen this two years in a row, the Rams followed the Bucks blueprint, right? Which is win now. Um, and I mean, is there any been a team that gives away draft picks more than the Rams? I mean, they, they don't have any left, right? But they won a Lombardi trophy. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and they, I think the guy made a good point. He was like, you know, what is, what is the point of the, of these teams? Is it to cultivate players over five years and go through the draft or is it to win Lombardi trophies? And it's to win Lombardi trophies. So these teams that I think this is the way to do it. So I've been thinking about next year, look, the most obvious team who's going to be poised for a better season next year is the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Cause you can only go up from how many wins do they have two or three. Yeah. Yeah, or the Lions. But when you think about teams poised to maybe get deep into the playoffs, deep into the Super Bowl, that are like the Rams, that are literally, hey, I might be one player, I might be two players, it, and it could be done through free agency or um, you know a trade and giving away high draft picks. There's a few teams that that pop into mind, and it's not hard to figure out who they are because last year they were really good in one area and really bad in another area. So the first one that steps up is Denver. Okay. Mm -hmm. Denver had really top five defense last year. They had a really horrible offense, but mainly because they lacked a quarterback, you know, they just don't have any, they had no one in control that of that offense. And I think if you're sitting in there in your Denver and who've just hired, and this is obviously people have been talking about this. They've hired the green Bay, um, offensive coordinator, uh, Hackett. I mean, how are you not going all in for, uh, Aaron Rodgers at this point? How are you not? I mean, there's this whole notion of, I don't want to give up. I don't want to mortgage the future. Right. So, but in the going price I'm hearing for some of these guys is like three first round picks. Um, heck I, I heard the, the going price for Deshaun Watson was three first rounds, a third and a fifth. So, and, you know, you hear like, oh, well, I don't want to give up all that. But why not? You know, if you're really that close, if you're one step away from a Super Bowl, I would if I was Denver, I would give up everything. I would give up two years of a draft to bring in Aaron Rodgers for a chance. Again, the ch- this is about winning Lombardi trophies. Milk, so do, you put- think the, do you think that Rodgers would have a better chance winning a Lombardi with Denver than if he just stays with the Packers? I, I mean, maybe Devontae Adams needs to come – needs to come with them, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, I think there's more than just, well, let's, let's say, to, let's answer this question though, to, to that question rooster green Bay has to shed about $51 million to get under the cap. And Denver has $40 million to play with. Right. So, you know, yeah, he might be better off going to Denver. I think they're the best poised to do make a huge move like this. Um, and I don't know. And, and to rooster your point, I mean, I think sometimes there's more than just what's happening on the field, right? I mean, there's so much animosity, the ownership, GMs, coach, whatever. It, it just may be time to, to go. Um, I would put, I would put the chargers up there too, right? Like they're the next poise to go again, great offense, top five offense, shitty defense last year, which really killed them in a lot of games. And they've got the, they kind of remind me of the Rams a little bit, right? You've got like 
the star Bosa player, you know, you had Aaron Donald. Is it just a couple more guys that they need to bring in on offense or on, on, on defense to get them over the edge? Um, and to Bison's point earlier, the Chargers have $57 million to play with. Yeah. That's yep. a lot. And they, That's you know, despite having such a great offense, they, they're they like the Bengals with on pass protection. They have a, a Swiss cheese offensive line when it comes Herbert to protecting killed. Herbert. And by you the know, way, the Chargers, if I'm do, if I'm looking at this right, they also have the fifth youngest team in the NFL. So and, much and future. Young, young means speed. Yeah. Right? That means speed usually. And I honestly, I was looking at, uh, you guys might call me crazy. Again. I really like Miami. Like yep. really strong at the end of the year. I, I kind of like this new coach. And is this, is this the guy that looks like, what did you say, Nace? He looks like an arms dealer. Yeah, <laughs> Balkan like Nation. A, uh, yeah, Balkan Michael arms Daniel. dealer selling crypto. Right, yeah. totally. That's funny. He does not look the part of an NFL. Like a villain coach. in Mission Impossible or something. Yeah, what's right. his, what is his name? What is his name again? Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Oh, Mike McDaniel. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a okay. Shanahan tree Yeah, guy. former commander's yeah. coach. But again, you're sitting there with, okay, Miami's offense last year. No offense, Pope. Not very good with Tua. And they don't have a bad defense. It's not, it's middle of the road. But again, is I mean, God, if you're if you're Miami and say you have a chance with Russell Wilson, and you, but you've got to give up. So now I don't know where they are in cap space. Sixty-four million, number one, number okay, they're one, number one. The cap. They're the number one, and you have high draft picks. Give it all up. Bring it. I mean, give away your first-round picks. Bring in Russell Wilson. You can. You might be an instant winner here. I mean, I think this is the model now. I mean, this is. The Jag, the Jaguar. I mean, if you suck, clearly, like Jacksonville, you can't. This isn't going to work. You can't bring in Russell Wilson into Jacksonville and hope to win the Super Bowl. But I think some of these teams, you know, Miami, Denver, uh, L.A. Chargers, I think they're right there, and I think they got to go all in and follow this business model because I, I think this is the way you win Super Bowl. And you're saying they're going to do it through free agency? I think so. Or I mean, you're going to have to make a massive trade. Yeah. You have to give up draft picks. Yeah, but, I mean, because the draft of, is going to be tough to share. But milk, milk, notice everything you're saying, though, comes back to one position, right? It all comes back to the quarterback. I mean, both all the teams that you said either have, like the Chargers have a, a top five, top, top seven quarterback. Yes. The other teams you're saying have to go out and get one, right? right? So you go out and get one and then spend a ton of money also with some key acquisitions around it. But unless you have that, that really top tier proven quarterback, does it matter? Yeah. I mean, and then got, you're saying you got to go have ahead, the sorry. ingredients around you anyways. Right. Again, and uh, I was saying you're not going to, maybe not going to be able to fix it this year in the draft because you're right. The teams that really could take the leap either need a quarterback or offensive line. And this draft is a little bit light on at both positions. I mean, the, between the, uh, Jags and the Giants, the two best offensive linemen are coming off the board by the fourth pick. And the the quarterbacks are kind of mediocre. I mean, if you need an edge rusher, this is a good year. But not if you need, you know, the next um, Josh Allen or, right. um, you know, some starting left tackle. Well, I, I love the Roosters already into the draft. Our Mel Kuyper Jr., ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's just awesome. It's still so, all I have to live for as a Giants I, fan. I mean, I'll just say this to, 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 to milk to 
your point, here's some of the talent that I saw could be added in the offseason to make that leap a la the Rams. See if this wets any of your appetites here. Mike Williams, Von Miller, Brandon Scharf, sorry, Bison, Allen Robinson, Chandler Jones, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Tyron Matthew, Stefan Gilmore, Joe Hayden, Ryan Jensen, DJ Shark, Zach Ertz, Melvin Gordon, T.Y. Hilton, Corderell Patterson. These are all unrestricted free agents. Well, That's a lot you, of talent. I'll tell you what, if you're talking, I mean, you 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 pointed out, Sheriff, um, if you're the Bengals, you need to drop your pants to get a guy like that. Yeah, he's right? a beast. Well, he's a beast. A, uh, Armstead or whatever. He's like an old version of Werfs, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got, you know, you've got 50 million almost to spend if you're the Bengals. You better spend 48 of it on, on offensive line. Absolutely. I would trade every one of our starting offensive linemen except Thomas, Andrew Thomas, for Scherfs or Werf or anyone yeah. like that right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I look, I, I think a lot of these teams need to sit there and say, and I, and I respect what the Rams did. You know, they said, look, Jared Goff is not going to win a Super Bowl. And he was a good, good player and what highly drafted. And these teams that hold on to these players, uh, no offense, Mike Phelan. I mean, it's time to cut bait. Like, yep. if they're not going to win you a Super Bowl, if Jalen Hurts is not going to win you a Super Bowl, get out, use your three number one draft picks this year and make a trade. You know, it's I, like, I got a I got a question about about a team looking forward. What you know, speaking of trading quarterbacks and everything, what is going on with Kyler in Arizona? Isn't that what, weird? What, is it a, is it a joke? I think he's just a baby, and it'll he'll, it'll all settle down, and he'll be back yeah. there next year. Did you see the JJ Watt um, TikTok? No. no, where he says he says something like, "Huh, he blocked me." Are we not friends anymore? Oh, that's and, like it's so funny, but it's like He's what is going other NFL on? Players? Like He's what got, is going he, on? The guy needs to grow up. Obviously, I guess so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw him but, pouting all and the end of the season. I mean, that's just yeah. such a bad vibe for his teammates. Mm. There's, I mean, I, his level of maturity is holding them back though right now. Yeah. Right, but he's got the talent. They need to work with him and get him right next year. The, the Eagles do look like they're in a pretty good, pretty good spot. I mean, you have sixty-six guys under contract, the most of anybody in the NFL, and you have still have nine million dollars in cap space. I think we have twenty million in cap space, and I think, and I know we have well, picks, yeah, picks fifteen, sixteen, and nineteen. I mean, we we unfortunately we have Howie Roseman as our GM, but uh, if he has a lobotomy and can get maybe somebody like rooster's brain. Maybe we'll get a better team next year. Yeah. You have, you have 20 million in, in cap space. If you count your top 51 contracts, right. You have 66 players under contract right now. Yeah. See, I think your defense is about to get better through the draft. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. This, this, you know, we talked a little bit on text today, what'll happen with this QB carousel. Mm. I think a lot of them are going to probably stay home. I still think Rogers is going to stay home. I think Kyler Murray's going to stay home. I think yeah. Russell Wilson's going to stay home, yeah. but if not, and it starts like it, like it did last year when, when Goff and Carson and I remember that all happened in like one week 
with Matt Staff and Goff and Carson all at the same time, if that starts happening here this season, there's there's a lot, a lot of guys in play. Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, forgetting. By the some, way, what about Deshaun Watson? Deshaun I, I mean, Watson. What put Wait the, a minute. Now, how, tell me how you could possibly count on that guy for next year. I don't, I don't yeah. know how you do it. The legal issues get resolved. How, but how's that going to happen in a year? They haven't even... They, they've made yeah, almost I mean, no no um, progress in doing but that. a full year with no real movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Nobody's going to take him until that's because the NFL could suspend him. For meanwhile, year or two years. Meanwhile, I think the Commanders get Jimmy G. Oh, and and every, I know that's the first reaction, but uh, oh. the guy was a game from going to his second Super Bowl, and he did it with a thumb that wasn't working. You know, I, he's got a lot of down on Jimmy G's. Oh, God. <laughs> Jimmy G's coming the Bucks, and Carson Wentz is going to the Commanders. Certain to. I am going to love it. I mm. mean, that that would sort of be a nightmare for me because <laughs> I'd have to start rooting for Wentz, and I've pretty much destroyed him for his entire career. So, yeah, that puts, that puts me in a bad spot. Wentz threw for 57 yards in a game this year and won. <laughs> But I'm just letting you know that. I think we're ready to talk about the NBA now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ah. All right. Pope Rooster, let's. uh, We have the NBA trade deadline. What's going on there? I mean, I'll I'll kick it off. We got rid of our our you know albatross and Porzingis. KP shipped off to the Wizards, who uh, were uh, let's make a deal on trade day uh, to our. I guess surprise, and a lot of the maps are pretty happy about unloading an untradeable contract. Uh, two guys came back, Bertrands and Dimwitty. Um, they're gonna, they're serviceable. Bertrands actually had a pretty good game the other day, streaky shooter. Um, the problem is, as long as KP and Luke are, were together, uh, they just weren't going to go anywhere. It's almost kind of like Milk was saying. It's like at some point you got to realize you're not going to the finals with a with a certain makeup of a team and so cuban finally admitted he made a mistake and it'll be interesting to see i mean they're not a championship quality team right now but do they have any more flexibility in the offseason with two contracts they can try to dump as opposed to one untradeable contract uh obviously the other big movement i want to hear from house on this is uh what does he think about the simmons and uh and the beard well Mm. one before we do that yeah hope don't don't sleep on that (laughs) The Bertans contract is pretty awful too. I mean, we yeah, as, it is. As happy as happy as you were to get rid of Porzingis, Washington fans didn't think we would ever unload that contract. That was that was horrid. So, you know, it's it, there was two bad contracts in that deal. Well, before but, we but, before but we fulfill the, the prophecy be of Paul Miller and each talk about our teams, let yeah. me ask you a global question: and Who do you guys think are the three hottest teams right now? Last ten games. Phoenix has to be one. Suns, Phoenix for sure. Yeah. Like Warriors the best are, team. Warriors uh, are kicking it back in. I, I, um, <clears throat> either, either, either the Heat or the Bulls who have gotten hot again. Last ten games. Here, here's the three best records. Suns nine and one. They're at forty-eight and ten on this year. Undisputed best team in the league. Wow. Most balanced team. They've got all five of their starters are scoring double digits. 
but here's a surprise. The Celtics have been nine and one in the last 10 games, improving their record to 34 and 26. Um, and the Grizzlies are eight and two mm-hmm. over the last 10 games with a 41. They're one of three teams in the league with more than 40 wins. I, I mean, I haven't even paid attention to the Grizzlies this season. Yeah, no, the, you guys? the Grizzlies oh, are great. a lot. The Grizzlies are a lot of fun. Yeah, they're I they're mean, a fun team to watch. Ja just dropped uh, something like forty four points on on the Blazers, and uh, you know, ironically, it ended their uh, win streak at six, and the Blazers won that game. But he scored forty four points for the second time this season. I'm telling you, um, Milk, that's the one you should adopt if you if you're finally starting to pay attention to the NBA. <laughs> You're not that far from Memphis. I haven't yet. <laughs> well, you, yeah. hey, you, all right. I'm going to go. You, you forgot. You forgot about uh, the Raptors of uh, of Toronto. They're also eight and two in the last ten. Yeah, I, d- I did forget about them because screw the Raptors. Forgettable. Yeah, screw, yeah, Toronto, screw the Raptors geez. and Paul Miller. Yeah, yeah, the Raptors. Toronto. Who cares yeah. about them? Yeah, but they have a better record than the Nets, for God's sakes. Hold on, I think we have to do a 10-minute segment on Fred Van Fleet right now. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. (laughs) Ridiculous. They're awful. (laughs) Well, wait, so you guys did start to go down the the road of the of the biggest trade, probably, or the most most highly anticipated. Yeah. Um, and it is sorry, Paul, but it is, you know, it is definitely more important than anything the Raptors did. So I want to ask you guys, because I'm like inside the silo. Like I can't get away from my tunnel vision on this. I want to ask you guys objectively outside of, I mean, only Pope here is a Nets fan, but um, you know, <laughs> what do you guys think of who won that trade and, and how those teams did <clears throat> after that? I, I think it's a, the answer is depends on if we're talking short term or long term. In the short run, you guys got better with Harden because Simmons was never going to play for you. And Harden is a scorer. He plays no defense. But he also gave up Curry, who is a solid scorer in the last two games for the Nets. He's averaged something like 21 and a half points. Um, I think that's a tough call. Simmons could very well get out of his own head and play well for the Nets. No, that'll be annoying. If he doesn't, they're going to run him out so fast. I mean, oh, he, has KD, he played a game yet? KD is not going to no. bite his tongue with that guy. When is he scheduled to play a game? After the All-Star he, break, I think. He's, get, he's getting, he's getting with closer, Harden. he said. Same with he's Harden. Closer. Uh-huh. Harden's, Harden's going to play in the All-Star game, right? But won't No, come. no, he's going to sit oh. out the All-Star game. He's okay, well, he's not playing. But it, the thing is this. <clears throat> he made a great point because actually so far, both Drummond and Curry have played really well for the Nets. In the yep. end, the Nets could be could do really well from those peace players. Yeah. Um, I like Seth Curry. Seth Curry's a great yeah, shooter. I hate that was a tough one. Up. That was a tough one. But, you know, the alternative was two superstar young players or potential for superstars. Tyrese Maxey is on his way. And Matisse Tybel plays 20 minutes a game and might be first or second all defensive team NBA. And, the, and giving up Simmons, we had very little defense left. Uh, so they need Tybel. I just... I'm very curious to know what Harden has left in the tank. Um, I don't think he's a streaky shooter or scorer. He's just a flat out scorer. And I do think, you know, if you guys remember the very difficult playoff loss to the Nets, uh, to, to the Hawks last year, 
Uh, there was no other option besides Embiid in the last five minutes on the floor. There really wasn't. And it, I think this is built for the playoffs. I think Daryl Morey knows that the playoffs games are won in the last five minutes. And to have to defend all three of Tobias and Embiid and Harden is going to be tough. Yeah, and I think Harden can, Harden's the kind of guy, when he wants to, and he'll get himself into shape and play really well. You know, but he's you know not in shape right the, now. Who's the most pissed or should be the most pissed of any player in the NBA right now? KD. KD. How about it, guys? So so Harden forces his way out and and Kyrie won't get vaccinated and, and plays on the road only. Do you know how many games Kyrie, KD, and Harden played together? I know oh, the answer. 16. Not enough. 13 or 16. One of those two. 16 yeah, is I, the I, answer. I think it is it 16? Yeah. yeah. So and they're I mean and, and if, they lost like three games. This year. Yeah. If you're KD, no, all total. They total, lost. That's what they the played together. They all play together. Yeah. Total. That's what they yeah. played. So, you know, if you're Crazy. KD, man, and you thought you were building a super team to come to come together. Yeah. Oof. Wait, you're um, saying that even last year, they only played 16 total games together. Yeah. They were on a run. From the time they've all been signed together, they've played a total of 16 times together <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. And they lost, and they've won 13 of those games. Yeah. So uh, if you're KD, woof, I mean, I would be, I would not be inviting those guys over for, uh, for cocktails anytime. How soon, have the Nets sure. done since this trade? They're two and eight in the last 10 They're games. I, but they, I think yeah. they won their last two. They had a shocking win over the Knicks last night. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. I, I was hoping we weren't going to get I mean, to that. That was yeah. one of the worst, worst. Jeez. Wow. They were down it's, like 30 or 40 and they were they down came 28 out. and they came okay. back and won. Yeah. Yeah. But the I net, mean, they the, were, the they were specialize like, in giving up 20 plus point leads in but, the fourth quarter. Yeah. As you say, they were down 18 going into the fourth quarter, I think. Yeah. So I think Thibodeau yeah. is going to go from coach of the year to fired in, in, in a year. Just glad we don't have to do another Tom Thibodeau segment. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. The fans turned on him the player. And so have the players. Well, if we start talking about him too much, you know what that means? Fucking right. out of there. <laughs> but, you know, kind of last year, remember when Bison said right around this time last year, saying, you know, people aren't really saying that much about Giannis and the Bucks. We just did this whole segment without saying anything about Giannis and the Bucks, and Giannis is going off right now he is scoring 50 he's dominating again i don't know what it is maybe because it's milwaukee but they are quietly just stealth bombing right into the playoffs where they're going to be the one to beat well yeah but except middleton is not playing anywhere near as well as he played last year and they got destroyed by the suns but i don't think Giannis played in that game no it's going to, I, I actually think we're going to have that rematch. And I think this time the Suns come out on top. You're right, Rooster. They are a complete, complete team. It's going to be about CP3's health in the playoffs. They could pick up somebody like uh, Dennis Schrader or, you know, there's some yeah. buyouts out there available. Yeah. He could score. Well, I think he could score better than the, the reserves they're using now. In the meantime, um, what we mentioned last week, I think, about how the NBA trade deadline is important, but all, there's still teams are still being built. You know, you see today that the Pacers waived Tristan Thompson, who's going to sign with the Bulls yeah. after clearing waivers. God, the Bulls are so, good right now. So we're we're 
post trade deadline and we're still seeing guys, you know, who will have important roles on teams move around. So it's I got, just, I got a know. line for, I've got a line for Ken Levinson. The reason the bulls just won three out of their last four games without Zach Levine, because DeMar DeRozan is the man. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan is setting records. He's got like yeah. some some crazy stat of consecutive 35-point plus games. Se- yeah, yeah, seven games in a row matching Wilt Chamberlain. 35 points, shooting 50% from the floor. Oh. All right, well, so look, I, I mentioned the uh, SMQB takedown curse, how we've destroyed some people, and, and I want to actually go a little bit. I'm going to throw something to Rooster uh, unexpected, but it's on his background there. And I think there is some F1 news to report. Uh, and, and so, Rooster, just give us, uh, you know, 60 seconds yeah. on, on the, this because uh, it is important. The uh, what is it? What is it? The IRC that controls uh, F1 racing? I forget the, the acronym. FIA. But anyway, FIA. 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 They, uh, they announced today that they're, uh, they've removed Michael Massey as F1 race director. They've reassigned him. And in addition to that, uh, they have banned radio communication from uh, in between teams and the race director uh, during the race. And this all stems back to the last race of last year where Michael Massey changed his mind after being kind of pressured by Christian Horner and basically handed Max the race when, when uh, Hamilton was like far out and had the thing won handily. So I think it was banned playing it on TV. No, no, they banned the communication. You can't wow. talk to the driver. Can't drop. No, you can't talk oh, to no. the race director. Oh, so, okay. like, oh, uh, you know, um, the 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 principals on the right. team can't call up and say, "Michael, what are you doing? You can't do that." Wait, like wait, they wait. did in that game. I thought what they did is they banned it from being public on television. That's on I television. What's that, what would that accomplish? That that would be that would be a step in the wrong direction. No, no, because we were able to listen in on some of those communications. I think they banned that from being public. I don't think they banned the communication, but we'll we'll have plenty of time to look at it. If if that's the case, then then there's less transparency than there was. And they'll be they'll be uh, jockeying for position with the race director even more. But they also created kind of like in the EPL, like a VAR off site that's going to review potential racing issues during uh during the race for the last five laps did y'all see that no that's good no that's yeah i like that it's all right, right around all the right. corner guys march 20 right. yeah it's coming up lights right. out lights it's out coming up we're all going to all austin right. this year right well, we better start getting tickets because uh pre-sale has already started yeah it's true All right. Well, listen, that gets us to our favorite episode of the week. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Punchable face of the week. House, what do you got for us? Guys, I, have you watched much of the uh, Olympics? I, I'm just uh, what? unfortunately not. Yeah, what? so so not into this. So not into this. Um, besides the fact that half the events are being played in front of a nuclear reactor, there's which no is like snow. The, 
the, with no snow, with no, no snow, no, snow, it's no fans. It's so weird. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm, I'm really souring on the Olympics and what they do, particularly to young athletes, young gymnasts, young figure skaters. Um, all the news now is about this Russian Olympian, Camila Valieva. She's 15 years old. She had dominated the European championships. It was a shoe in that she was going to win the gold medal in the, uh, you know, the big time event, the women's individual figure skating event. And she's gone from the front runner to the villain of the Olympics. And the reason why is because she took a group of medications, three heart medications called hypoxin, L-carnitine, and trimetazidine. And one of those, the trimetazidine, is a banned substance from the World Anti-Doping Authority. And she claimed that it was her grandfather's medication that she took by accident. Does she have a heart condition? I don't believe. She's got angina at 15. Yeah, I don't believe congestive heart failure. But why does she take these? She takes them as some athletes do take non banned substances, aiming to increase um, oxygenation in in the blood, oxygenation in the blood for endurance, reducing fatigue. I mean, this is what doping is all about. And this is why we have anti doping authorities. So she tested positive for this. This this has become more clear to me now. There was a suspension of her by the World Anti-Doping Authority. And um, then the suspension was sought to be lifted by the Court of Arbitration on Sport. Who knew that this court existed? But the and the IOC, the World Anti-Doping anti-doping agency and the international skating union all three of them objected to overturning a suspension which i was not clear on that before but ultimately this court on arbitration of sport allowed her to participate um russia goes on to win the team skate event which is all the different competitors from ice dancing to pairs to men's and women's they win that but they will not award the medal until these legal issues continue to be sorted out. Then they put this girl, when all this furor is happening, they put this girl into the individual competition. She's leading after the short program, but more and more controversy is coming out. They're making her the villain. And last night she falls all over her face. Four times. And she doesn't even end up on the podium. She ends up being fourth. So this girl's destroyed. She's gasping. She's crying. Um, You know what? There's a lot of people to punch, and hopefully um, our comrade Vladimir is not listening right now. But I, I really believe he is. is he crap? Brian well, Pepper's last conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Russians are the ones to punch here. I'm curious who you guys would punch in all of this. Maybe the court, maybe the IOC for not putting their foot down harder. But the oh, fact the Russians, yeah, the Russians this. are cheaters. Yes. They're cheaters. Fuck He's the Russians. Why, why are they allowed to be there at all? They're I mean, fucking they're, cheaters. They're, they're, they're suspended, but they're not, right? I mean, like the, yeah. the Russian, the country isn't there, but the, 
Athletes. Of Russian athletes are. Yes. I mean, what the fuck is that? How stupid is that? ROC. And I don't feel sorry yeah. for her, her either because she's a cheater too and she knew what she was taking. You know who right. I feel sorry for? Shakari Richardson. Yes. She smoked a little weed and got banned. Right. She didn't get any yes. any appeals, any arbitrations, nothing. She's out. Yeah. I just yeah. want to be clear World that court your... arbitration that saved her ass. Right. So I just want to be clear, Rooster. Are you, you putting up a vote to, to punch the 15 year old girl? Uh, I'm punching Russia, but I don't feel sorry for the 15 year old girl. You, like if a 15 year old girl punched her, I wouldn't feel badly right. about it. Maybe, Did you, maybe, it's, maybe just like a, of back, it. like a backhand, not an open. Yeah. Hand. No, like, no, like no, no, no. Not even slap. that. Not even like that. No, 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 no. Did you no. see our announcers during her program? It was Tara Lipinski and that oh, uh, the worst Johnny Weir, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think so during her entire thing, they didn't speak. Like intentionally, like we're yeah. not going to comment on this. And then she yeah. fell, and they were like, Thank yes. "God, <laughs> this is like, great!" Yeah, oh, watch this little like, girl fall on her face. Yeah, was- she's fifteen. She's not a little girl. She's a yeah. cheater. And cheated. She, she she skates for a well, nation think, of cheaters. Yeah, it was more that like this girl should not win because she but, cheated. But, and of course, you know, who? But who won? Another Russian. A Russian. Another oh, Russian. Yeah, that's right. right. Another, Another Russian, Russian. Yes. who probably cheated and has been caught yet. Just yeah. Been right. caught. Right. Hey, man, have you seen the documentary on the cheating they did that led to the ban in the first place? I mean, they were handing vials through the walls. They had yes. like a secret lab set up on the other side of a wall yeah. and had figured out how to crack the, uh, the lock that was supposed to be uncrackable, you know, for the testing. Well, I think that's maybe uh, Mr. Nace's point is why is the IOC even allowing them to set foot inside that? Nation. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, listen, let's punch somebody. Somebody gets off. punched there. And and by the way, we should probably mention, uh, I don't, I almost don't want to make it, you know, a punchable face of the week, but while we're talking about bad things in sports, um, we should note that today the, um, Eric K the angels, uh, mm-hmm. employee was found guilty in the playing a role in the death of Tyler Skaggs, the pitcher who, who overdosed. And, and it's really going to raise a lot of questions about, the opioid epidemic in major league baseball, because some of the testimony was pretty shocking. So, um, I think, I think milk got cricketed again, by the way. Um, yeah, milk's out. Um, I I was going to do an honorable mention punch to, uh, to the Cowboys for their uh, voyeurism. Good Lord. Oh Oh, yeah. That's bad too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And then, and then having them sign MDAs. (laughs) So it never came out until five years after the fact, well, now they that's learned the that Snyder from, playbook. They learned that one from Washington. Yeah, yeah that's Boy, right. The just, NFC East ownership is just all class act, isn't it? Well, or at least well, not supposed, not we're not supposed to talk about Dan yet. Snyder anymore. So, oh, Paul, yeah, Miller sorry, gets, Paul. Paul Miller gets upset. So, all right. Um, hopefully, well, the lasso. Hopefully, the lasso's from Canada, so Paul Miller will be okay with. Listen, it. there's, there's no, never a. Uh, uh, a dearth of punchable faces in sports, unfortunately. So, uh, but there are a couple good lasses this week. I, in fact, I got two of them. Barbecue sauce. Uh, I'm going to keep one. One is going to be a hometowner, but I think it's worth it. It's it's Ryan Zimmerman announcing his retirement, and and look, this is a, a throwback athlete. He was the first draft pick the Nationals uh, took as as the Washington Nationals out of the uh, University of Virginia, out of UVA. That's right. And uh, he came up and he played his entire career 
with Washington. He's, you know, talk about his stats for a minute. Career batting average of 277, 1,846 hits, 284 home runs, 1,000 RBIs. Um, you know, so he had a very productive career. He was a two-time All-Star, won a gold glove, uh, two-time Silver Slugger winner, and, of course, a member of the 2019 World Series team where he actually hit the first home run for the Nats. And, and when he was a little younger and more in his prime, he was kind of Mr. Uh, Mr. Clutch. He had a bunch of walk-off home runs, including the first game at Nationals Park uh, when he when he walked off the Braves to christen the new ballpark. So, you know, but beyond that, he's a guy who who's built uh, little league fields around the city. Uh, he's just been a great ambassador for the team and for the game. And he's, you know, he tweeted out that that he's retiring, but he's not leaving. This is his home and his family is embedded in the community. And, uh, you know, cheers to that guy on, on what he accomplished. Um, he did it the right way. And and by and all, you know, a good guy who's never going to have to buy a beer again in, in Washington, D.C. So really a, a pretty solid Ted Lasso. Um, but I also wanted to mention one other one that I thought was was pretty interesting. And I don't know if everybody caught this, but Van Jefferson for the Rams. Oh, yeah. That was a nice story. Yeah. One. He, you know, he wins the Super Bowl and he's playing with his two kids on the field after the game's over and every he's still on his pads and uh, uh, like a Rams employee comes running up to him with a look of sheer panic on her face. And she says, you got to go. Your wife's having a baby right now. And he's like, what? And so the wife was due, I think in a week and was at the game and right around halftime went into labor. And so he, you know, there, there's, if you haven't seen it, you should go find it on, on uh, Twitter or wherever, but him talking to his two kids on the field about mommy having a baby is a pretty cool little moment. And uh, so we're going to give uh, we're going to give Van Jefferson uh, a lasso this week, too, because it's a cool story to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. and have a kid. On the, the pictures, too, from the hospital later were, were really nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's that a good cool story. story. Hey, about- shout out to Miller. Congratulations on the Canadian women's hockey team. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it there is. It they is. beat the U.S.? Suck yeah. It up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I, I say this about Ryan Zimmerman. I think he's the last of a dying breed. How many players in any professional sport are you going to see play 16 years with one team, no other teams, and then retire with that team and win a championship with them? Yeah. It's going to be very, very few. I very. agree. I agree. And he was there for the, you know, the 55 win seasons too. the playing the games at, at RFK, which was, you know, at that point, uh, just a total shithole. Um, and so, I mean, he was, he was there for everything for that franchise. And, and also, by the way, you know, his mom has MS, so he didn't play the shortened COVID season because between his mom having MS and, and, uh, having new babies in the house, yeah, they've got three kids. I think they, you know, he, he made the choice to put his family first. And so just a good guy, just a good guy. Is, is, uh, is FedEx field more of a shithole than RFK? Well, well, yeah. I mean, okay, so yes, it is. RFK okay. is literally falling apart. They're they're taking it down oh, right I now. That's FedEx how old is. it is. Yeah. FedEx is pretty bad though. FedEx yeah. is pretty bad. But By RFK way, is a primo location right now. Yeah. Math, yeah. I want to add this before we end this. Matthew Stafford's 
lucky we didn't punch him in the face. Have you guys seen the video yes. of him? Oh, and God. The photographer falling off the stage. Oh, God, that's bad. <laughs> it's not a good look for him. Yeah. And, and she fractured her spine, con- by the way. Yeah, they're taken out of context. It's he's paying their he's paying her medical bills. Yeah, right. they're paying the bills and for the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's good. She needs a better lawyer. I think I can get something better <laughs> yeah, than that. <right. laughs> <laughs> I felt yeah. terrible. Uh, it's something I would have done. We keep walking backwards. Uh, have a good week. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Our boys. Good seeing everybody. Here we go. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.